Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Miss Independent Podcast. I'm Katie, and I'm here with... Hi, everyone. I'm Nika, and welcome back. Today, we're going to be talking about awkward conversations around money. Yeah, so let's talk about it. Money can be as taboo to talk about as religion or politics, but why? Yes, we are all financially flawed in some way. Yes, there is a stigma that money defines you. Yes, it feels really personal to have these conversations about money, but today we're kind of going to go deeper into that and break down the why. So why don't we start with when to have these kinds of conversations. How do you actually approach talking about money and who are some of these people that you might have some of these awkward conversations with? So first, let's start off with talking about money with a partner. In relationships, it can be really difficult sometimes to talk to your partner about their spending habits and understand why they do things the way that they do. Maybe fundamentally, you have a different philosophy or approach about how to allocate your finances. So where where I'll start and kind of explain how to have these conversations is some of the things you want to do before you actually start the conversation. So first, you don't want to rush it. You want to set your own pace and you, you don't necessarily need to come down to all these conclusions at once. You want the conversation to feel easy, light, and more natural. So the way that you do that is first by observing your partner's money behaviors. So it's definitely important to have money conversations, but you can also learn a lot about your partner and their money management and behaviors simply by observing. And you can take note of, you know, what questions it brings to mind and then later find time to talk about those and learn more. So just to elaborate, let's say your partner orders takeout every day or has a shopping online addiction and always orders new sweaters from a Ritzier, stuff like that. Just be mindful and be very attentive to see like what they like to spend their money on. I remember when me and Alex first moved in, I... Guys, I had a bit of a shoe addiction since then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've become a lot more of a minimalist. Uh, minimalist. And what uh, what he used to say anytime I would buy something online or, you know, go to like a shoe outlet and, and get a new pair of boots, he, he'd come home um, and be like, Nicole, another pair of black boots? You already have three pairs. You don't really need five pairs of black boots. And I'm like, okay, fair. So what we decided on was that anytime I bring in something new, I have to get rid of something that I no longer wear. Um, and that way we're not bringing in new articles and in condos, you know, condo living, your space can be a big restraint as well. Um, so that was just something that Alex had observed and then found the time to bring that up and talk to me. So it wasn't like he was attacking me. It was very healthy. And you know what? It made me change my behaviors moving forward. That being said, when you're observing your partner's money behaviors, you want to be curious and you don't want to be judgmental. So instead of being aggressive or trying to be combative, you want to give them the benefit of the doubt. So you may not necessarily agree with how your partner behaves or with their money um, beliefs, but you want to be open to their perception of money because it is such a such a um, concept that affects everybody in a unique way. People have different ways that they were brought up and that's ingrained in how they act now. So Alex, for example, his parents are a little bit more minimalistic and they 
they really, they don't like to spend a lot on unnecessary things. They value experiences more. And that's molded Alex into the way that he is now. And I would say, like, just reflecting, I think my parents are kind of the same. Um, but it's just interesting to think about where that person's ideas about money might come from as well. And just another thing to add, just because your partner, like, say, for example, Nika likes to buy lots of shoes as long as to buy lots of shoes you still like your shoes (laughs) okay let's say you used to like to buy a lot of shoes if you're still living within your means and still within your budget then people splurge on different things right so your partner might value getting their coffees every day or you might value buying a new pair of shoes every month try to hold judgment until you really know the situation As long as it fits your budget and you've already thought through those purchases and you understand your spending habits, then that's okay. And don't always assume that you're going to agree with your partner. Like Katie said, with the example with coffees, I have a couple of friends and I know one person in the partnership really likes to go out every morning as he's walking his dog, he likes to go and have a McDonald's coffee. He enjoys going for his morning walk and he always comes back with his McDonald's coffee. And his partner, when they first moved in together, was like, hey, do you really need to go and buy coffee every day? I mean, we have a coffee machine that you're welcome to use. And he was like, you know what? This is part of my daily ritual. I enjoy it. If it really bothers you and we're working towards these goals together, I can pull back and let's say I don't need to have this coffee seven days a week. We can compromise and I can go out three days a week, but then you can't give me shit about it anymore. So don't always assume you're going to agree. Yeah, and I think it's really important to look for natural kind of ends to money discussions. So in the meantime, I guess if you have any questions for your partner, it'd be a great idea to write them down or keep note of them. So if you see an interesting conversation between a couple on TV or a show or a movie, something around involving the topic of money, maybe that would be a better time to bring it up than just out of the blue. Ultimately, you want to work towards a place where you're fully honest and transparent with your partner. And this applies to basically everything, not just money conversations. Something that Alex and I do on a monthly basis, we have a calendar block in our calendar. And one of my good friends, Laura, actually mentioned this to me a few years ago when we've been using it um, every month. But we have a calendar block and that's a time where we come in prepared with notes where we talk about what the other person is doing that might upset us. So outside of just money situations, it's a a time that we have allocated to discuss how we how we feel and what's going on in the relationship and it's a safe space to bring up anything. So that is something that you guys might want to work towards especially if it's, you know, might be a newer relationship. We call them monthly check-ins. And like I said, we come prepared, we think about what we want to bring up to the person, and we address it, and you've got an open floor. Money talks are extremely important with your partner, especially if you see a future and you're very serious with them, because money becomes the root to a lot of issues in marriages and relationships down the line, especially when you have kids and more expenses and a mortgage. So the reason why we encourage you to have these awkward money conversations or conversations around money and finances is to get a head start on that and see if you and your partner are really compatible in that sense. That was a great point that you brought up 
money can definitely lead to a big point of stress in relationships. A lot of the times it's, you know, a reason why people might uh, not end up together if if it's, you know, somebody has a lot of debt and, and it's weighing on them mentally and causing a lot of stress and anxiety, that can snowball into something else. One thing that Alex and I do that's really critical is we ban money conversations on dates. So, I mean, Alex and I have been together for eight years, so it's a little bit different for some of you guys, but we we try not to talk about business when we go on dates and it's really easy to fall into that especially when you have a business with your partner to constantly be talking about what's going on things you want to improve and so sometimes if we do start to to talk about things like that and we're allocating time just to spend time with each other we have to step out of that and we say okay you know what we're here to enjoy each other's company this conversation can wait until tomorrow morning Bottom line, you want to set aside time to talk to your partner about money. Find the right place and the right setting to do it in. Don't come from a place of judgment because if your partner was approaching you and starting a conversation like this with you, would you want them to be judgmental? Probably not. Now, let's talk about a different scenario that is an awkward conversation but is equally as important. And this is money conversations with your parents. So I recently read a post about millennials um, and their parents, and it was asking them if you are your parents' retirement plan. And it kind of struck a chord with me because, you know, I've seen children left without emotional and financial support from caring parents, and it's not easy or cheap. It's tough to go through. And as a child, you you want to hope that your parents are preparing for their retirement, but If you're their backup plan, you want to be prepared. And as millennials, most of our parents are nearing retirement. So what plan do they have in place to support themselves in the next few decades? It might feel like you're overstepping by asking, but if it comes from a place of love and responsibility, I think your parents will be more receptive and understand. Katie, your parents are just about to retire. I think your dad like literally just retired a few months ago. Um, So... Did you have this kind of conversation with them? I'm pretty lucky because my parents both worked um, in government jobs and worked at their jobs for over 35 years. So when it comes to pensions and their retirement, I never really had an issue or any concerns there. But I can definitely see how that's a point of stress for a lot of people our age because all we want to do is make sure that our parents and our loved ones are are set up for the future and can take care of themselves. Yeah, and it's it's an, a weird thing to think about, you know, if you're like 25, just started working, and n- now you're thinking about how to take care of not just yourself, but also your parents, and you don't have kids yet. It, I mean, it's important to think about and just have that conversation with them to see what their plans are because you, you want to make sure that you're aware of what's going on and some of the processes and things that they've put in place. So you might want to ask them how they envision their retirement, how they're going to plan to pay for it. You might want to ask them if they have a will or a medical power of attorney. Definitely ask them if they have life insurance or long-term care insurance. A life insurance policy is something that they would have purchased. Usually people pay for it or buy it rather um, as soon as they have kids to kind of prepare for. It's a great way to grow your money. So 
life insurance is a really interesting concept that maybe we'll have a separate episode on if you guys are curious. It's kind of a dry topic, but pretty important. I think there's a lot there to dig into too. Bottom line here, have that conversation and just see what their processes are. So whether or not they have a will, they have a power of attorney, and if they have life insurance. Those are three key things that you might want to bring up. And you know what? Go over to their house or wherever they live at some point. Bring a bottle of wine if you guys drink uh, and just, you know, chat. Be like, mom and dad, I just want to talk to you about this and just so that I'm aware because, you know, I'm starting to make financial decisions for myself and I just want to understand if I will have to play a role in that at any point for you. So as long as you're being candid, coming from a place of love and non-judgment, that conversation will flow smoothly. Yeah, I agree. Now let's take a step back and go back to some of those awkward conversations with a partner. What are some of those awkward conversations? I know I've definitely had some. I think everybody's had an awkward conversation about money. So what Katie and I want to do is we want to normalize talking about money to your partner, to yourself, and to your friends if you need to. And just before we get into this a little more, I just wanted to come out and say that these conversations do not have to be awkward. You can just bring up the topic like any other topic. And if you and your partner have that relationship, then these conversations can go as smoothly and effortlessly as any other thing you bring up. I mean, it can definitely be a little awkward, especially if it's the first time that you're talking to a partner about money and spending. And if their spending habits are drastically different from yours, and maybe it's been a point of stress, it it can be a little bit tough, especially if your partner's income is a little bit higher or lower than yours. And you can get a sense of that just by, like we talked about, observing, seeing how willing they are to pay for dates. It, it can be a little bit awkward, but you need to lay it out and just be super transparent, like we said. So one conversation that you can have is a conversation about spending and saving. And Katie and I have talked about, you know, budgeting and all of that, why it's important to have an, an emergency fund, you know, how much money you want to allocate to spending on your needs, your wants, and just saving in general. But with your partner, some questions you might want to ask is, what percentage of our pay are we going to allocate to our emergency fund? How are we going to pay for our future retirement? Do we want to have separate accounts? Are you going to have your own account? Am I going to have my own account? Or do we want to have a joint account? When me and Alex first moved in, we actually opened a joint checking account, which is where our mortgage payments get taken out of. I deposit money into there every month. He deposits money into there every month. And we know that all of our joint living expenses are going to be removed from this separate account. Now, we both have our own separate spending accounts. You know, those are our own. Like, I don't see what Alex spends money on. He doesn't see what I spend money on. We just have that mutual trust. And that joint account is used for mutual purchases. And if you don't have joint accounts, like, who's going to pay for the mortgage? Who's going to take care of the groceries? Who's going to do this? So, yeah, it's very important that you ask these questions, especially if you're moving pretty fast in your relationship and you're getting to the point now that maybe you guys want to buy a place or move in together. These are really important conversations and questions. Another great question to ask is like, what splurges do you have to have? And what do you hate to see money so-called wasted on? 
Another great and important question is to ask about vacations. I know this is really important to me. I like to travel. I like to go on a lot of vacations and it might be important to a lot of people as well. So asking your partner, how many vacations do you want to take in a year? Um, are they to see family? Are they to go and have fun? Um, what does that look like for you? That's a touchy subject for me, Katie, because, you know, I really like to travel. And last year, um, Alex and I didn't have a pre-planned vacation budget because we kind of like to just see where life goes in that sense and take opportunities as they come up. So, you know, if our friends say we're going to go skiing in Whistler, Alex and I are going to be like, yeah, we're down because we literally live to ski. If you guys know us, you know, we're really big skiers. So we didn't really have a vacation budget per se last year. And that's something that we talked about this year and we're definitely changing just because at the end of the year, when you do reflect and you don't have a preset amount planned, it, it adds up real quick. And when you're looking at it on the grand scheme of things, you're like, wow, I didn't realize that that's the amount that went towards vacations, but it's okay. If we want to work towards our goals together, we need to pull back a little bit in this category if that is something that we're we're going to be working towards. Now, another thing that I wanted to bring up on the, the topic of like joint spending and saving is joint credit cards. So they used to have joint credit cards that would be linked to two parties. Now they don't really do that. Now the majority of credit card companies choose to have an individual be the main person who owns the card and then they can have an authorized user or a subsidiary for that same card. So that's something that you might want to discuss. The only downside there is that it's linked to one person's credit history. So if you don't have a healthy relationship with money and you and your partner haven't had these kinds of open conversations, it can be tough because if you're spending on the card and you don't necessarily agree on the kind of purchases that you're making and one person is being held responsible for that, it can be a difficult conversation that can be very awkward when it comes down to paying interest and things like that and that's also another really big thing that we'll talk about um right now is is having conversations about debt i just wanted to add that my biggest piece of advice when it comes to joint credit cards or joint accounts is to only use that money on that credit card or in that account towards couple expenses, whether that be your groceries, your rent, your mortgages, and that way you can avoid any conflict or any um, anger on the other person's end if they're not happy with your spending habits. One thing that me and my boyfriend did when we went on almost a two month trip to Europe together is we had a joint kind of like cash wallet where um, at the start of the trip, we each put in, let's say, 2,000 euros each, and that would cover all of our dinners, all of our um, excursions and stuff like that. And if we wanted to do some shopping for our family members or our friends on our own, then we would use our own separate money. But we would have like our joint wallet where we would use that money towards our couple expenses. While we're on the topic of debt, that's another really awkward conversation that someone might have with their partner about money. Some people are okay with, you know, just carrying a mortgage and some people are okay with credit cards. We've done an episode that explains credit cards in general. So as long as you're using them properly, personally, I think that it's, you know, a great way to build your credit history and get familiar with smaller amounts of debt. So 
I think everybody should be okay with credit cards, but that's besides the point. Some people might want to chip away at their university or college debt and start saving for retirement. So when it comes to debt, it's really important to understand the other person's point of view and what their debt priorities are. When Alex and I first moved in together, I bought all of the furniture for us. So I remember I increased my credit limit. I got approved for a pretty big increase and I was buying a bunch of furniture. And even though I had saved and I had some money put aside, I didn't expect how expensive it would be to move in from scratch. And I never moved away for school. I lived with my parents. I saved quite a bit of money that way. So this was the first time that I was moving away from home. And that meant that I needed to buy everything from like China, cutlery, um, knives, wine glasses, because, you know, now we're adults and we're not just living the college lifestyle. I wanted to have like nice plates and things like that. Um, I wanted to have a good vacuum, carpets. Like you don't realize how many expenses when you're moving add up so anyways I ended up having quite a bit of debt that I was carrying on my credit cards and it was the first time that I think Alex and I had an awkward conversation about money he approached me and he said Nick like I know you've been spending a lot on purchases I think he actually was behind me when I was checking my bank statements and he was like man that's a that's a high bill he's like what are you gonna do about it and I was like well like I'm chipping away at it and he's like what do you mean you're you're gonna be charged interest for that I was like, yeah, but I can't necessarily afford to pay it right now. My salary back back then was like half of what I was making now. And he was really concerned. He's like, look, I can give you some money. I can like lend you some money to cover this credit card statement so that you don't need to carry the interest because the interest payments are going to fuck you. And No, he was he's telling you like it is. Yeah, and it was the first time that I felt like, okay, we're on the same team. He's on my side. He wants to help me through this even though it has nothing i mean they were joint expenses but you know the shoe addiction was real back in the day (laughs) so not gonna lie there were probably some purchases on there that were completely unnecessary but he was okay with helping me cover them and that made me feel really comfortable really safe and it made me feel like even if i had this debt it was okay and we were going to deal with it together so that's something that I want you guys to take away from this. If you have that opportunity to comfort your partner through a a tough financial situation, maybe they lost their job recently, maybe you earn a little bit more than they do and they're trying to catch up and they've got some debt that they're working towards fixing, before you start investing, you want to make sure that you are debt-free. Because you're on the same team. If you see a future with this person and you see marriage and down the road with this person, their debt becomes your debt. So it's really just getting comfortable with the other person's financial situation and coming up with a game plan together and how you're both going to support each other and how you're going to reach your goals financially together. Exactly, Katie. That actually leads me into another really important conversation you want to have with your partner. This might happen a little bit further down the line. So it's not going to happen if you're early on in your relationship. It might happen when you've already moved in. Maybe you're thinking about buying property or making investments and kind of leveling up as a couple. You want to talk about how you're going to manage your finances together. So some questions you might want to ask when on the topic of financial management are who will pay the bills and track our expenses Will we use a financial advisor? Will everything be in the same pot or will we have his and her spending money again? And how often will we review our finances? 
And one thing my dad loves to do is he loves to have an annual or semi-annual budget meeting with my mom and I. And he's normally the only one who attends these budget meetings. But just having having things like that and just making sure that someone is taking care of these expenses and someone's tracking it. Um, Usually there's one person in the relationship who feels a little bit more financially confident and maybe one of you thinks that it's best to go to an advisor. So in that case, you might want to openly talk about what the benefits are of talking to an advisor. A lot of the times an advisor doesn't have your best interests at heart. They have products that they have either quotas for or certain um, things that they're being pushed to from work, from the big bank. So doing your own research and, and having um, your own plan is really valuable. But if your partner does want to talk to a financial advisor, you let them let them chat with them and then maybe um, ask them not to commit to anything and have an open conversation about it when you get home. But if one person wants to manage money and the other person doesn't, what you can do is just split up those responsibilities. So if you are that person, and if you're listening to this podcast, I hope you're that person, maybe you want to be a little bit more involved with your finances, Kim. It doesn't necessarily need to be one person, though. It can be split between the two of you. So me and Alex, we both have active stock portfolios. We take care of that on our own. So I don't have some of the same positions that Alex has. Alex doesn't have the same positions that I have. Um, just one example, Alex invested in Aritzia early on in the pandemic no, because he, he did. <laughs> and it was his most lucrative investment in 2020. But the reason why he invested in this, Alex is really big on growth trends, but he saw a massive lineup outside of Aritzia. And he's like, these, these girls are going to go crazy buying unnecessary shit during the pandemic because they have the time just and nothing like else did. to do, just <laughs> like I did. So he thought about that and he's like, yeah, Aritzia stock is definitely going to go up. And he made a pretty substantial investment, which paid um, paid off significantly for him. I'm not going to lie. I, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, when they had that 25% off sale, I definitely splurged. Yeah. Another example of um, a position that I have and Alex doesn't is MindMed, which is a pharmaceutical, well, not a pharmaceutical company. It's an alternative medicine company. So they invest in technologies um, using alternative medicine. So things like psilocybin, which is the compound in magic mushrooms, they're doing a lot of research to commercialize these drugs and help people with mental health and uh, mental disorders and help them heal. So I think there's a lot of value in that. I definitely think that that alternative medicine market is untapped and has huge potential. It's it's a huge industry and we're going to see some tre- tremendous growth in that sector in the next little bit. And I think Alex, um, his risk tolerance, he likes to invest more into static businesses like retail businesses and banks. So um, sometimes our financial decisions don't always align, but we both like to talk about them together. Guys, the last conversation that we're going to talk to you about is something that just came to mind. Katie and I were just chatting about it actually the other day, and we were talking about what to do if you make more money than your partner. And this can be a really awkward situation. So let's talk about it a little bit. Katie, what do you think about um, living expenses? And this is something that's come up before when I talk to my friends. If you make more money than your partner, should you 
spend more on rent or cover more of the mortgage payments? Absolutely not. And I would say this the opposite way too. If they made more money than you, you should also be splitting living expenses 50-50. I think that if you or they cannot afford to um, put up 50% of the rent or the mortgage, then maybe you guys as a unit are living above your means and you should look for cheaper um, alternatives. What if your partner is going to school right now or university and they can't afford to pay as much of the mortgage as you do? See, that's a tricky (laughs) uh, situation and topic. I personally believe if one of you are in school right now and can't afford to do things 50-50, then maybe now is not the right time for you guys to move in together and take on those expenses as a unit and maybe wait until your partner is done with their school and starts to work full time and has some income coming in and then reevaluate then. I think a lot of it has to just do with timing and where you guys are in your life and what place you're in. Definitely. What do you think? I was just going to say, I think if you make more money than your partner, everything that's shared should be shared equally just because that's fair. It's not fair if the other person takes on a larger portion if you're equally sharing the space. So one thing that you can do to kind of balance things out is if you earn more, put more towards your savings. Um, If you earn less, put less towards your wants. And that way, you're contributing more to your shared expenses and less um, to that category that isn't necessary to survive. If I'm making more money than my partner and I'm putting more money towards our mortgage, right? And then they are spending unnecessarily with the extra income that they're saving because they're not putting towards the mortgage and they're buying like, let's say, brand name bags or shoes and I'm out here like you know being more frugal like being more conservative because I'm spending all that additional cash towards our shared expenses it would kind of upset me no I think it would upset me too if Alex was going out and buying Gucci shoes first of all he's not a big brands guy at all which I'm super grateful for if you're listening to this I'll appreciate it um but yeah I'd, I'd definitely get upset i think i'd have a conversation with him and be like hey i want us to set ourselves up for our future i want us to be a unit i want us to build an empire together and that means that you can't necessarily be buying gucci shoes and i wouldn't use the word can't i would say if we're working towards this goal together i want us to equally contribute and do as much as we can and both play a significant role in this journey that we're taking together. We're talking about awkward money conversations or conversations about money, but I don't think money is the awkward subject here. I think when you get to the root of it and you dig deep down, the thing that causes the most awkwardness is really getting down to your individual values and if your values align. That was such a great point, Katie. Truly, when it comes to money, a lot of things that you 
think about when it comes to your finances are ingrained in you as a child. Like the way that you respond to the world is the way that you were taught from your parents, from the people that surrounded you in childhood. So if you have certain ways of spending or certain things that you believe in, a lot of that, a lot of those values are ingrained in you. And when you meet somebody that has a different life experience, their values may not necessarily align. And unless you talk about them openly or get a sense of what those values are like just by observing, that can be an awkward conversation when you realize that those values don't align. I think that's going to end off our segment for today, guys. We talked about a lot of different conversations that you can have with your partner, a lot of actionable advice, tips, questions you want to ask yourself, and most importantly, ways to approach the situation. At the end of the day, as long as you come from a genuine, a sincere, a non-judgmental place and just explain to your partner like, hey, I see a future with you. This is why I'm bringing up this topic. And let's see, let's see our values. And if we align on a lot of things, I think that these conversations should go smoothly and there shouldn't be a lot to worry about. As always, thanks so much for listening, guys. Really appreciate each and every one of you. If you have questions for us or topics you want us to talk about on our next episode, shoot us an email at media at misfindependent.com. Also, shoot us a DM. Sometimes we respond to DMs faster. And let us know if you have guests that you want us to have on or different topics that you want us to address. And lastly, guys, it would mean the world to us if you are listening right now on Apple Podcasts you can go on and leave us a review. Reviews make a world of a difference, especially for us because we're a fairly new podcast and we're trying to reach a larger audience so that we can help as many women as possible be in control of their finances and become financially independent. Until next time, guys. Toodaloo.